Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Mr. Gordon Dillow will join us to discuss fire in the sky. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science show. Well, asteroids and meteors, they surround us, but one day might hit the Earth and endanger all life on the planet. Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Mr. Gordon Dillow. Mr. Dillow has been a reporter, columnist, and war correspondent for more than 30 years. He's written for numerous newspapers, including the Orange County Register and the LA Times, and is the co-author of numerous books, including Where the Money Is and Uppity. He's the author of the new book, Fire in the Sky, Cosmic Collisions, Killer Asteroids, and the Race to Defend Earth. And Mr. Dillow, very pleased to have you today on the Grox Science Show. Well, thanks for having me. Well, it is certainly our pleasure. Certainly a fascinating book you've written here, Fire in the Sky. Here's how you became interested in this. Well, you know, it was interesting. A few years ago, I was uh, sitting on my back porch in uh, Phoenix, having an early morning cup of coffee, and all of a sudden, the sky lit up in a way that I'd never seen before. I mean, it was like a molten red color. And then far off to the northeast, there was this tremendous explosion, Um, you know, just this bright white light in the sky. And uh, it obviously made the news, and it turned out it was a a small asteroid about the size of a recliner chair, and uh, it had uh, entered the atmosphere and blew up. And I thought, wow, how could, how could a space rock that small have so, so much power? So I started looking into it, and that's what got me interested. And how often do these type of things happen? Well, they happen all the time. You know, that's what people really aren't aware of. I mean, every day there's a, a fireball, they call it, uh, sort of like what I saw, maybe smaller, that happens somewhere, somewhere on Earth. Sometimes people see them, sometimes they don't. But uh, we're getting bombarded by small asteroids all the time. The Earth is mostly water, so a lot of people don't see them. There, there are networks of sensors and Earth-monitoring satellites that pick them up, but you know, most of the time people don't see them. In fact, in December, there was one that exploded. It was about a 20-foot-wide asteroid that exploded over the Bering Sea, and uh, it had the power of about, I think it was about a dozen Hiroshima atomic bombs. And the only people that noticed it were the, the satellites and the sensor systems. Nobody even saw it. Are there certain types of asteroids that are more dangerous than others? Well, the the most dangerous ones are the ones we don't know about. You know, 30 years ago, the idea of searching for asteroids and trying to find asteroids in the sky was kind of a sort of a joke almost. Um, Back when you started the show in 2001, only a few hundred asteroids that come close to Earth, near Earth objects, uh, had been discovered. Now that number is up to 20,000 near-Earth objects discovered, um, of which about 2,000 are potentially hazardous asteroids, meaning they're big enough and come close enough to Earth to someday pose a threat. And now there's a growing awareness of these asteroids? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think people are, uh, you know, becoming aware, especially uh, since uh, 2013. I don't know if you recall, but in February of 2013, a 60-foot-wide asteroid exploded over Chelyabinsk, Russia. And the, the blast wave from this um, shattered windows and injured uh, more than 1,500 people. 
So it's clear that we do get hit by these things. I'm sure a lot of people recall that. I think most people, when they think about big events, that, of course, is the Tunguska event in, in Siberia. Yeah, that was a much bigger one. That was about maybe 200 to 300 feet wide. So it was a pretty significant asteroid explosion. And then, of course, there's the idea that there was an asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs. Yeah, and that was a monster. That was uh, six miles wide, which is pretty small in comparison to the size of the Earth. But what happened was it kicked up so much dust that it shrouded the Earth and caused massive climate change. And most people believe that's what eliminated the dinosaurs. How many of the, the asteroids that orbit the sun are in the right orbit hit the Earth? Well, again, it's, we've, got, we've identified 20,000 of them. But there are, there's hundreds of thousands of them, large and small, that are still out there that we haven't been able to find. The asteroids are really, you know, they're hard to spot, even with the most powerful telescopes, because they're, they're so small, they don't reflect much sunlight. And they really have to be kind of close or kind of in the, just the right place for us to be able to spot them. So there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot we don't know about what, what asteroids are out there. Even if we did spot one that was on its way, could we do anything about it? Well, theoretically, a lot of scientists think that the best way to deflect an asteroid that might be headed for Earth, if it's a small enough one, is to send up a nuclear explosive device and explode it next to the asteroid and just kind of nudge it off its uh, orbit a little bit. The problem is that putting uh, nuclear weapons in space is pretty controversial, so that hasn't been tried. Another method is that they're testing, they're going to be testing just uh, the next few years is the kinetic impactor which is basically a cannonball technology. You send up the spacecraft, ram it into the oncoming asteroid as fast as you can, and you hope to just slow it down a little bit so that by the time it gets to its expected rendezvous with Earth, Earth has already passed on through on its, uh, its orbit around the sun, and the asteroid misses us. You note in your book that NASA is spending not very much of its annual budget on this sort of thing. But what about other countries? Shouldn't this be a global problem? Well, uh, ESA, European Space Agency, and JAXA, the Japanese Space Agency, and China and Russia, they're all involved, but the U.S. really is the leader in this right now in terms of uh, tracking asteroids. What kind of programs does the U.S. have? NASA, you mentioned a little bit about some groups conducting asteroid war games. Yeah, the, just recently there was a uh, planetary defense conference uh, near Washington, D.C., which brought in about 200 astronomers, astrophysicists, scientists from all around the world to try to figure out, oh, what can we do if an asteroid is headed, headed for us? And so they come up with these, these scenarios, these kind of war games. If this happens, then we'll do this, or if this happens, then we'll do that. It's pretty fascinating. It's sort of like what the military does, you know, in planning uh, conflicts on land. And do they come up with any good scenarios out of this? The, the most recent one was, uh, it was kind of funny. They detected an asteroid that uh, it looked like it was going to hit Denver. Uh, they, were, you know, they attracted and they were able to say, oh, it's going to impact Denver. So they sent up one of these kind of, uh, kinetic impactors to slow, to hit, run into it and slow it down a little bit. And it worked. But unfortunately, the impactor knocked off a smaller 200 foot wide piece that eventually landed on New York and destroyed it. For some people, that might not be a big loss, right? Well, a, a, a slight miscalculation, a slight miscalculation. Uh, alternatively, there are people that are actually interested in asteroids because they could potential precious metals. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's uh, there are some companies like Deep Space Industries and some others that and they're serious about this. They're 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 testing the technology that will be used. It'll probably take uh, 10 years, 15 years before they actually start mining asteroids. But I think it's going to happen someday. I haven't invested in the companies yet, but I'm certainly thinking about it. 
worth it, do you think? It's really quite an enterprise. Well, the, there's uh, some asteroids that it, it have been estimated to contain trillions of dollars worth of precious metals and other metals. The problem, of course, is you wouldn't want to mine it all at once because then it makes the price fall on Earth. But the, the real importance of uh, these metal, metallic asteroids is that you could extract, say, iron and use it to construct things in space, like giant space stations and that sort of thing. So that's where the real potential lies. They have a couple of missions. There's a OSIRIS-REx, which is uh, studying the, uh, the ast- an asteroid called Bennu. Uh, actually, the, the spacecraft is orbiting Bennu right now, and it's going to, within the next year or so, it's going to swoop down and scoop up a surface sample and bring it back to Earth. And there's a, another uh, project called uh, DART, Direct Asteroid Redirection Test, and it's going to actually try out this kinetic impactor technology. They're going to run a kinetic impactor into a very small asteroid and see if they can change its orbit a little bit. So there's a lot of interesting stuff going on out there. Was there anything that really surprised you when you were researching a book about asteroids? Well, I think this, the most surprising thing is how much we've learned in the past 30, 40 years. As I say, 30 or 40 years ago, nobody paid much attention except for science fiction writers and Hollywood screenwriters. But now the, the scientific community is, they've come to the realization that this is serious. It's not science fiction, it's science fact. And just statistically, it's not a question of if someday we're going to be hit uh, by an asteroid, uh, a sizable asteroid. Uh, it's a question of when. And so, I mean, it could be 200 years from now, it could be next Tuesday. But they've finally decided, hey, we better get prepared. Maybe if you have some final words regarding the book, Fire in the Sky. Well, I, I think it's an interesting book that's available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and fine bookstores near you. So I hope you'll pick it up. It's not, it's not really a, a technical science book. It's more of a popular science book. So I think it's uh, easy to read, and you'll learn a lot about asteroids and why we should care. We were just talking to Mr. Gordon Dillow. He's the author of the new book, Fire in the Sky, Cosmic Collisions, Killer Asteroids, and the Race to Defend Earth. And Mr. Dillow, very pleased to have you today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you so much. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking. <laughs>